Good morning, everyone. Hare Krishna. And it's almost time for a Merry Christmas also. For devotees, every day is a merry day. It's another opportunity to enter into the service of the Supreme Lord. This is a this is an occasion in the year for those of us who come from a Christian background, background particularly, to remember the sacrifice made by a pure devotee of the Lord, whose name was Jesus. So we honor and respect him, his memory, his legacy. And just in the short amount of time that he was said to have preached on the planet, three years, from the age of 30 to 33, um, for that amount of preaching, he is remembered even after 2,000 years have passed by. So we can only imagine that for one who preached as long as Srila Prabhupada did, which in the Western countries amounted to about 12 years. His legacy will last for a very, very long time. So those of, us, those of you who cannot be with us directly, we can't have your presence here this morning. We're very pleased to know uh, that you are listening in online by telephone, radio, and uh, that you're going to spend a little portion of your day listening to some philosophy being discussed from the Spotless Purana, one of our major literatures that, as Hare Krishna members, are members of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. We have the pleasure of becoming familiar with since we took to this process of devotional service. So this morning, before we begin, we will invoke the blessings and the presence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Shishivata Kalachanji. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jai Gopi Janavallabha Girivara Dhari Gopi Janavallabha Girivara Dhari Yashoda Nandana Prajajana Nandana Yashoda Nandana Prajajana Nandana Yamuna Tiravanachari Jamuna Tira Vandachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari 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 
हरी हरि बो जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमहंस परिविद्याकाचार्य हस्तोत्थर सत श्री श्रीमारिस्तवान लविंग ग्रेस अभय चनारविंद भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी महाराज शील प्रभुपार की जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमहंस परिविद्याकाचार्य हस्तोत्थर सत श्री श्रीमारिस्तवान ग्रेस शील भक्ति सिद्धांत सरस्वती गोस्वामी महाराज शील प्रभुपार की अनंत कुटि वैष्णवृंद की इसकान बीबीटी फाउंडर चार्ज शील प्रभुपार की इसकान गुरु परम्परा की श्री रूप श्री सनातन भट रघुनाथ श्री जीव को पाओ बट दास रघुनाथ सात को स्वामी प्रभु की नाम चार्ज शील हरिदास ठाकुर की प्रेम से गोश्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री वैत गाधा श्री वासरी गोर भक्तवृंद की श्री श्री राधा कृष्ण गोप गोपीनाथ श्याम कुंड राधाकुंड गिर गोविदान की श्री वृंदावन राम की श्री मथुराधाम की श्री मायपुनाबीत धाम की श्री जगन्नाथपुरी धाम की श्री श्री राधा कलचंदी धाम की गंग देवी की जमुन माई की तुलसी देवी की भक्ति देवी की समवीर भक्त वृंद की Brihat Madanga Transcendental Book and Prasaram Distribution Ki Gaur Premananda Hari Hari Bol All Glories to the Assembled Devotees All Glories to the Assembled Devotees All Glories to the Assembled Devotees All Glories All Glories All Glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga Namo Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale Shambhati Bhakti Vedanta Swamini Dinamane नमस्ते सरस्वती देवी गोड़ भरी पचाणी ओम नमो भगवते ओम नमो भगवते ओम नमो भगवते नास्तप्रायस्वभद्रेशु नित्यम भगवत सेवया भगवत्युत्तम श्लोके भक्तिर्भावनिनाष्टकी तप्तकंचनगौरांगी राधे वृंदवनेश्वरी ऋषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमामि हरि प्रिय दिस मॉर्निंग वी आर गोइंग टू कंटिन्यू आवर रीडिंग इन द Fourth chapter of the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, this chapter is entitled "The Appearance of Sri Narada," and uh, the text that we're going to be reading from this morning is number twenty-four. So, if you would like to read along with us, Canto One, Chapter Four, Text Number Twenty-Four. Uh, we shall begin by reciting the Sanskrit uh, text in poetic form. Ta eva veda durmedhair, daryante purushair yatha, evam chakara bhagavan, vyasa kripana vatsala. Ta-eva veda-dur-medhair Dar-yante-purushair-yatha Evam-chakhar-bhagavan Vyasa-kripana-vatsala Ta-eva veda-dur-medhair Daryante purushair yatha Evam chakhara bhagavan Vyasa kripana vatsala Chant please. Daiva veda durmedaya 
Paranti Purushai Yata Evam Chakara Bhagavan Yasahakripana Vatsala So Eva Veda do made higher Dharyante Purushai Yata Evam Chakara Bhagavan Vyasa Kripana Vatsala Taiva Veda Durmedaye Dayante Purushaye Yata Evam Chakara Bhagavan Yasa Kripana Vatsala Translation word for word. Te that Eva certainly Veda the book of knowledge Durvedai by the less intellectual Daryanti can assimilate Purushai by the man Yata as much as Evam thus Chakara edited Bhagavan the powerful Vyasa the great sage Vyasa Kripana Vatsala very kind to the ignorant mass that means us. Translation by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Kijai. Thus the great sage Vyasadeva, who is very kind to the ignorant masses, edited the Vedas so that they might be assimilated by less intellectual man. Repeat with me. Thus the great sage Vyasadeva, who is very kind to the ignorant masses, edited the Vedas so that they might be assimilated by the less intelligent men, intellectual men, by less intellectual men. What does assimilated mean? Brought together? What's another definition? To absorb, to bring together, to absorb. Anybody else? Assimilate. When we say that a person has come into a particular culture and has taken on all the qualities, all of the characteristics, all the activities of the culture, then we say he has assimilated or she has assimilated into that culture. So we can, from that analogy, we can we can uh, we can kind of uh, take it to mean that Srila um, uh, Vyasadeva has edited the Vedas so that they can be taken in by the less intellectual men and made a part of their lives. In other words, something that they can actually live by, rather than just hearing it and forgetting it. So, purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. The Veda is one, and the reasons for its divisions in many parts are explained herewith. The seed of all knowledge, or the Veda, is not a subject matter which can be easily understood by, an order, by any ordinary man. There is a stricture that no one should try to learn the Vedas who is not a qualified Brahmana. This stricture has been wrongly interpreted in so many ways. A class of men who claim Brahminical qualification simply by their birthright in the family of a Brahmana claim that the study of the Vedas is a monopoly of the Brahmana caste only. Another section of the people take this as an injustice to members of other castes 
who do not happen to take birth in a Brahmana family, but both of them are misguided. The Vedas are subjects which had to be explained even to Brahmaji by the Supreme Lord. And what is the position of Brahmaji? He's the what? Secondary creator? What's another what's another description of Brahmaji? Pardon? The grandsire of the entire universe. All right? That's it's giving him his proper honor and respect for the position that he occupies. The Vedas are subjects which had to be explained to Brahmaji by the Supreme Lord. Therefore, if, 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 in other words, by the topmost personality within this universe, had to be a, had to have it explained to him by the Supreme Lord. Therefore, the subject matter is understood by persons with exceptional qualities of goodness. Persons who are in the mode of goodness and oh, sorry, in the modes of passion and ignorance, are unable to understand the subject matter of the Vedas. The ultimate goal of Vedic knowledge is Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead. This personality is very rarely understood by those who are in the modes of passion and ignorance. In the Satya Yuga, everyone was situated in the mode of goodness. Gradually, the mode of goodness declined during the Treta and Dwapara Yugas, and the general mass of people became corrupt. In the present age, the mode of goodness is almost nil. What does that mean? Almost gone, almost non-existent, almost zero. And so for the general mass of people, the kind-hearted, powerful sage, Srila Vyasadeva, divided the Vedas in various ways so that they may be practically followed by less intelligent persons in the modes of passion and ignorance. It is explained in the next shloka as follows. And we'll just stop with this verse. Omagyana timirandasya gyananjana salakaya chakshuran militam jaina tasmai sri gurave namaha sri chaitanya marovishtam savitam jaina bhutale swayam rupahakada maya dadati svavarantikam bandeham sri gurav sri jutta parakamalam sri gurun vaishnavam cha Shri Rupam Sagrajattam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitam Scha He Krishna Karana Sando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Brindavaneshwari Vrishabhano Sute Devi Panamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatrubhischa Kripasanabhyevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namah Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Sri Advaita Garadha Sri Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Gantaraj, Srimad Bhagavatam, Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai, Nama Om Vishnu, Vadaya, Krishna Pristaya, Bhutale, Srimate, Tamal Krishna, Gosamaniti, Namane, So we're talking about people who are living in the modes of material nature, goodness, passion, ignorance. So how do we how do we accomplish that? How do we accomplish successfully living in a in a an age in which passion and ignorance are so prominent? Uh, we have to associate with those who are in passion and ignorance. As a matter of fact, some of us have to work with persons every day. We go to an office or we go to a workplace and work with people who are always acting in the lower modes of nature. And we can't help being influenced to some degree or another 
by those persons unless we are very, very strong. Prabhupada was one such person who was very, very strong. Jesus Christ, whose birthday we celebrate tomorrow, was very, very strong. He was able to work with persons who were steeped in the mode of ignorance and passion. Both both of these uh, representatives of the Supreme Lord were able to uh, uh, deal with living in, in uh, very uh, uh, difficult circumstances. Srila Prabhupada came, and uh, one of the places that he lived was in the Bowery in New York, which is an area that was well known as a place as a refuge for uh, persons who were strung out on drugs and alcohol, persons who were not clean in their habits, persons who spoke like very low-class persons, people, persons who were given to becoming angry and, and to uh, causing harm to other people at times, and sometimes having harm caused to themselves. So how do we associate with persons like that? We don't have to live in that kind of setting, do we? We haven't chosen to put ourselves out there as Prabhupada did and just take whatever uh, whatever living accommodations were available. Whatever Krishna sent to him, he accepted it. And so uh, he had to deal with it. But we also sometimes voluntarily will uh, spend time dealing with persons in the mode of passion and ignorance. And that doesn't mean necessarily physically dealing with them, but by watching their activities on television and on movies. And and we as devotees who have been instructed for a very long time now, some of us for decades, about uh, uh, taking the association of persons who are, are in the lower modes of nature and and having the having the influence of those uh, modes. We still will sometimes do things voluntarily that are of no positive benefit for us. Rather, it tends to drag us down. And sometimes we wonder why we become discouraged. We wonder sometimes why we feel as though uh, we have unlimited longings for material opulences, a nicer place to live, a nicer car to drive, that sort of thing. And And we wonder... Why am I being so much affected by this? But then when we actually examine our activities that we carry on during the day, uh, is as if it weren't bad enough to have to go and spend eight or ten hours working among a group of people who uh, do nothing but uh, provide a worthless example for us. Uh, and still we do that. And we come home and then we watch television and, and sometimes we go to movies and uh, or we find other ways to participate, especially among our young people. I've heard that a lot of our young people like to go clubbing, which means they like to go out to nightclubs, in which uh, in which generally alcoholic beverages are served, in which uh, uh, food that is is very much contaminated and is not suitable for devotees is 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 uh, is taken, and and uh, people around us are acting. And in, in very uh, sensual ways, and, and sometimes listening to music that is also representative of the modes of passion and ignorance. So uh, it, it, we wonder, we wonder what what is it that, that forces us to do that, or what what is it that makes us think that it's all right. Sometimes we think, especially we've been around a while, we think that well, we're older now, we we know what modes of passion and ignorance are like. We're not going to be affected by it. But when you're associating so closely with it, you cannot help but be affected by it. And so we have to think then, is this the reason that I'm feeling despondent? Is this the reason that I'm, I'm feeling a kind of down? Or is this the reason that I'm longing for things in the mode of passion, uh, like the luxuries that are being presented on the television that I'm watching or in the movies that I'm watching? So we tend to take on then the qualities of our surroundings. We, we're, you know, we say that children are very much like sponges. They just absorb everything they hear. And if, if we have any doubts about that, then we'll suddenly someday hear our children saying something 
that we have said ourselves in the presence of our children, either something said in anger or maybe some some words used that are not really appropriate in polite society. And, and then we hear that coming back from our children. So just as we hear it coming from our children, we can also, if we observe our own selves, our own behavior then, we can hear it coming back to us from what we have been around during the day, during the entire week, or in what, in, in the, uh, from the persons that we, we choose to go hang around when we're not working. So we, how do we, how do we overcome that? We have to put ourselves into the presence of the mode of goodness. That's the way that one way that we can uh, overcome these tendencies to become absorbed in the modes of passion and ignorance. For example, in the mode of goodness, we see kindness and we see generosity, and and we we deal with persons who are of of a higher, a little bit higher caliber. Not that, not for the purpose of giving ourselves some prestige in society, uh, but just for the purpose of of uh, becoming better human beings ourselves. For example, the language you use—it's it, surprising to me. It shocks me sometimes uh, to be out in a public place and to hear persons who are dressed very nicely and who are manicured nicely and coiffured nicely, uh, to hear them talking like the, like the lowest class people in our society. You know, a few decades ago, that was, that was, not, uh, that was not heard of. And then if, we, if you watch a little bit of te- television, you don't have to see very much before you come across something that, is, that, is, uh, that should be, in the past, it would have been X-rated. And now it, it, at worst, it's R-rated. And, and now more and more we, we hear people who should be of a higher class using language. So the, these people are affected by their surroundings. They have put themselves into the association of lower class people and they have just absorbed it, just like children absorb knowledge and absorb behavior and absorb language. And, and so, uh, when we put ourselves into the, into the association of persons who are more in the mode of goodness, then we begin to see qualities that are admirable. And we hear language spoken that it's, it sounds like it's coming from persons who are intelligent, who have some intelligence, who have some vocabulary other than having to, having to, uh, rely on uh, words that we hear coming from the lowest class members of our society. So we observe the effect then on our own consciousness. If we're, if, if we're at all introspective, we can see that by dealing with persons who are in the mode of goodness, we become happier people. Uh, and we become, we, we feel ourselves to be clean. Whereas if we take up the habits of others, and we're a little bit introspective, we feel that we have somehow other become dirty. And, is, you know, one of the most discouraging things, I think, is, is to realize suddenly that you, 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 you become, it's, it's almost like, you know, going out and working with a bunch of hogs. You know, if you work with hogs, you're going to get covered with the stuff that hogs are covered with. And you're going to find the same things Going into your mouths practically <laughs> that that hogs have going into their mouths, except in a in a more in a more uh, elevated form, and and then the the sounds that you hear coming out of your mouth, then you realize that this is very much akin to the lowest members of our society, and certainly a person who has been to Vrindavan in India. You know, we see that the hogs, then the hogs are given their place. You know, they're, they're not mistreated. Uh, the dogs even sometimes are given their place. The monkeys are given their place. And so they're not mistreated. But then people don't take up the activities of those creatures. So why is it that in our society here, where everything is nice and clean and you don't see sewage running down the gutters of the streets, why is it in this society that what comes out of our mouths sounds like the very lowest class thing that we hear in society on television radio so it, it the when when we 
when we make the change and we start accepting the association and accepting the behavior and accepting the language of those persons who in our society are higher class, then we can observe that effect on our own consciousness. And it does have an effect. It's a positive effect. It's nice to know, isn't it, that uh, higher class behavior and language can affect our consciousness as much in a positive direction as lower class behavior and language can affect it in a negative direction. So then when we, when we start feeling that, feeling that change coming over us, then we desire to help other people come into the light. And uh, it's such a nice thing then to be in a, in a brilliantly illuminated uh, uh, area or, or room uh, in which, in which uh, everything that is beautiful is readily seen and all of the bad stuff just kind of fades into the corners. So we note the decrease in our own anger, the decrease in our despondency that we, we perhaps have been feeling because of our work environment or because of our, our uh, environment in which we, uh, you know, tend to just want to enjoy with our friends. And so this is, this is uh, advice that was given us many years ago by our spiritual master here in this temple room. And that is, if you, if you want to go and visit with someone who has been a friend of yours in the past and is a friend still, then you should, you should go with the intention of helping that person improve in some way. Instead of letting that person drag you down by the things that he eats or drinks or talks about or watches on television, you tend to want to bring that person up because you know that this can also help that person uh, decrease the amount of anger and despondency he feels or she feels. So we, we want to spread the goodness. And we do that by trying to live a life that's exemplary, exemplary of happiness and, and kindness and, and uh, cleanliness. And when, when we do that, then we, we can share the knowledge that we have with other people. Otherwise, if we, if we simply try to talk to people about improving their lives, but we ourselves are not exemplary, then how far can we get in changing the lives of someone else? You know, that, that old adage that we hear sometimes that what you, what you're, what you do speaks so loud, I can't hear a word you say. And that's the way it is. And we'll notice that with children too, won't we? When they're growing up, that they will, they will, uh, they will tend to emulate the behavior that they see in their household. They will, they will, uh, imitate the language that they hear being used in their household. And so we also are like that and we can help those persons, uh, who are, who, who we feel would like to improve their lives. But we also then need to take up this another habit, and that is abandoning the company of those who are in the lower modes. If there's really nothing that we can do in visiting with those persons to help them, then we just stop visiting with those persons and say, maybe at some future time they will have the introspective nature that they can see what is causing themselves to be so unhappy and to be, and for their lives to be so calamitous that, you know, bad things happen and, and then they wonder, why is this happening to me? What have I done? I've always tried to be a good person. So we have to become conscious then of daily changes in our own modes that we're under. And if we find ourselves then slipping back into those modes of passion and ignorance, we need to extricate ourselves from that situation, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, and get back into the mode of goodness. Because we desire to enter the realm of pure goodness, which is even beyond the mode of material goodness. In other words, in pure goodness, uh, we would not try to avoid difficult situations as we might have tried to do in the mode of material goodness. And so we will even put ourselves into difficult positions. And think about Prabhupada again, what he did. 
put ourselves in a difficult position to try to help other people and to spread knowledge. And that's one of the best ways that we know to help other people to improve their lives by simply giving them knowledge because as long as they remain in ignorance, it, it, it is very hard for them to see that there is any alternative to the lifestyle that they're living. So as devotees, we should eat only foodstuffs that are prepared for Krishna by his devotees and offered to Krishna for his satisfaction before we eat them. And that seems like such a such an ordinary common thing. But again, a lot of uh, we see quite a few devotees, even, not just the young ones, but a lot of times it is the young ones who will go out and they'll eat at a vegetarian restaurant. They'll eat foods that are prepared by non-devotees. Food is not offered to the Supreme Personality of God. It's not prepared for it. It's not offered to. So then we think about that, that statement, that shloka in, in the Bhagavad Gita, Jagashishta Shinashanto Mujante Sarva Kilbishai, Mujante Te Tukam Papa, Yepachantyatma Karana. Devotees of the Lord are released from all kinds of sins because they eat foods which are offered first in sacrifice. Others who prepare food only for personal sense enjoyment, verily, eat only sin. So, uh, this, we're talking about avoiding those, those habits that we have that are bringing us down from this mode of goodness that we are trying so hard to get into because we know that in that mode of, even in the mode of material goodness, what speak of pure goodness, in the mode of material goodness, there is happiness, more happiness to be found than there is in the modes of passion and ignorance. And so uh, uh, one of the ways that we encourage ourselves is by reading about those who are situated pure goodness. We can read about them in the in the Srimad Bhagavatam. That's uh, just replete with examples of personalities who are in the mode of pure goodness. And so we see the result on their lives of acting in that way. And we then, if, if we like a good story, then we'll read the Srimad Bhag, uh, we'll read the Mahabharat, or we'll read the Ramayana, and see what saintly persons, how they conduct their lives. And by following those examples as best we can, doing the things as, of course, we're not going to be able to get out and traipse through the woods with a bow and arrow and, and kill demons and, 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 uh, make the forest safe for the great sages who are living there. Uh, those things are of the times past. But we, we can do other things that are, uh, 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 in other words, we can follow personalities like the Pandavas in the, in the Mahabharata. Uh, such, such godly, saintly persons. And, and, uh, and what, uh, I think I've mentioned before in here that, uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj once said, uh, that, that I, you know, I just, I, I, I admire the Pandavas so much. Uh, and, and I was expecting him to tell why he admired them so much because they're, you know, they're big and they're warriors and, and they, they m- maintain certain codes of conduct. And, but his, his response to was that because they're so dutiful, they perform their duties. And we saw that in the example of Arjuna at the beginning of the Battle of Kurukshetra. He was wanting to abandon his duty because he felt that it was, it would bring too much difficulty on the whole society if he, if, if this fratricidal war were to take place. And, but, uh, but Krishna had to remind him, look, look, uh, Baba, <laughs> you're, you're Chatraya. You pick up that bow. You got a, you got a job to do here. Because if you don't do it, somebody is going to do it. Because I have ordained it. I've planned it. This is this is this is a battle. I want to take all these people back to the spiritual world because my my activities here are finished on this planet. So, uh, so take up your duty, Arjuna. Act like act like the chutra you are. Because if you don't, people are going to make fun of you and say nasty things about you when you walk away from the battlefield. They, and, and as you know, Arjuna, uh, for one who has known fame, infamy is worse than death. So Krishna was trying to help Arjuna to stay in the mode of pure goodness rather than to fall into this mode of passion and ignorance 
thinking that those persons that he was going to have to face on the battlefield were his relatives, his worshipable preceptors, and that, that, and that he was going to have to have fight with them and perhaps kill them or be killed by them. And he thought, no, this is, this is not the proper thing to do. But Krishna had to tell him, this is your duty. It's your duty to fight. So this war is already fought as far as I'm concerned, Arjuna. It's just a, now. It's just a matter of who's going to take the credit. Who's going to take the credit for it? Of course, he he said later on. He said, "You're entitled to perform your duty, but you're not entitled to the results. Those results are for me. Those are my results. I am the one who ordained this battle, and I am the one who is getting the results. And my, the results that I want to see, they're going to happen without fail." And so you might as well pick up your bow and and perform your act as a warrior, and you'll either you'll either be successful, you'll win a kingdom on earth, or as Arjuna was saying, you you know you'll you'll uh, you'll in, in you'll go back to the heavenly planets or something. You know your destination is is better if you go ahead and accept your duty. So uh, we, we so reading about personalities like that is also a help. Not only just personal association with persons in the mode of goodness and giving others our association ourselves, because once we once we start acting more in the mode of goodness, then it is we have a duty then to perform to help other persons who also are trying to figure out what this is all about, trying to rise out of the modes and passion of passion and ignorance, even though they might call they might not know enough to call them that, still they realize where they are, and so we try to help others uh, become involved in beneficial activities, and as a result of doing that then. Uh, they will also begin to be introspective and see the change that's going on in their lives. And they will appreciate the fact that we have somehow other set an example, just as Srila Prabhupada did for us. So uh, in the 14th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, Srila Prabhupada gives a purport to a text here about the mode of goodness. And the text is like this. From the mode of goodness, real knowledge develops... From the mode of passion, greed develops, and from the mode of ignorance, develop foolishness, madness, and illusion. So Prabhupada says, since the present civilization is not very congenial to the living entities, Krishna consciousness is recommended. Through Krishna consciousness, society will develop the mode of goodness. When the mode of goodness is developed, people will see things as they are. In the mode of ignorance, people are just like animals and cannot see things clearly. In the mode of ignorance, for example, they do not see that by killing one animal, they are taking the chance of being killed by the same animal in the next life. Because people have no education and actual knowledge, they become irresponsible. To stop this irresponsibility, education for developing the mode of goodness for the people in general must be there. When they are actually educated in the mode of goodness, they will become sober, which means serious in their thinking and full knowledge of things as they are. Then people will be happy and prosperous. Even if the majority of the people aren't happy and prosperous, if a certain percentage of the population develop Krishna consciousness and become situated in the mode of goodness, then there is a possibility for peace and prosperity all over the world. Otherwise, if the world is devoted to the modes of passion and ignorance, there can be no peace or prosperity. In the mode of passion, people become greedy and their hankering for sense enjoyment has no limit. One can see that if one has enough money and adequate arrangements for sense gratification, there is neither happiness nor peace of mind. That is not possible because one is situated in the mode of passion. If one wants happiness at all, his money will not help him. He has to elevate himself to the mode of goodness by practicing Krishna consciousness. When one is engaged in the mode of passion, not only is he mentally happy, sorry, mentally unhappy in the mode of passion, but his profession and occupation are also very troublesome. He has to develop so many plans and schemes to acquire enough money to maintain his status quo. This is all measurable, Prabhupada says. This is all miserable. In the mode of ignorance, people become mad. Being distressed by their circumstances, they take shelter of intoxication, and thus 
They sink further into ignorance. Their future life is very dark. So we don't want dark lights. We want bright lights. We want happiness. We want, we want brightness all around us. We don't want to have to continue in this mode of passion and ignorance that we see the world falling into now. So with Prabhupada's help, with the help of Vaishnava devotees of the Lord, we will somehow or other bring ourselves up by our bootstraps and get out of these lower modes so that we can enjoy the mode of happiness and eventually the mode of pure goodness. Hare Krishna. Comments? Questions? Rasaraj Prabhu. So, um, how do I phrase this? As devotees, we are um, using the mode of goodness as a platform for rising to the mode of pure goodness. Um, the activities of um, I'll give you an example. Um, let's say that someone wants to build a temple for Krishna. That's an act that is a mode that is uh, that is it, it's it's a it's an act of creation which is in the mode of passion, if I may. Yes, I mean creation is in the mode of passion. Creation of what? Creation of, and that's where I'm going. Is is that it is. Um, the creation of a temple for Krishna or creation of, let's say, running a restaurant for Krishna, right? <laughs> um, and uh, so these are all activities that, um, if done without Krishna, are in the mode of passion, um, where you are collecting money, you're worried about profits, you're worried about all of these things. Um, so one in the mode of well, on one stage we are saying that we need to be in the mode of goodness to cultivate Krishna consciousness. On the other hand, we are also saying that when you are in Krishna consciousness, you have to use lower modes for serving Krishna. Um, for example, Arjun, the example of Arjun that you gave, uh, Kshatriyas are supposed to be in the mode of passion. Um, so how does one utilize or how does um, one utilize the lower modes and not get entangled in them, not get too much caught up in them, um, while continuing being Krishna conscious, or trying to be Krishna conscious? How does one keep from becoming entangled in the mode of passion while he's trying to perform his duty as a devotee by, like, distributing books, raising money, and that sort of thing? Activities, uh, activities that are uh, materially in the mode of passion. Do those activities that are passionate by nature, but we have to distinguish between enthusiasm and passion. Because a person who is very enthusiastic to go out and distribute books, to go out and speak to other people. At a, at a gathering uh, about Krishna consciousness is not is not acting in the mode of passion. He's acting enthusiastically, and he may have lots of energy, and it may appear as though he's nothing but a passion ball. <laughs> but there's a difference. Um, Generally speaking, people in the mode of passion, if they don't, if they don't achieve their goal, then they become remorseful. Uh, they think, I'm not, a, I'm such an unlucky fellow. Here I have, I've, I've worked for all these years and I haven't accomplished anything. I'm still living in the same old house that I was living in 10 years ago. I'm still driving a, an old vehicle. Uh, my kids, my kids are not behaving as I would like for them to behave. My wife doesn't treat me with a great deal of respect and honor. And so, a person who acts in the mode of passion then that may have those feelings of regret or, or remorsefulness. Uh, whereas a person who is in the mode of 
pure goodness, or who is, even if he's not entirely in the mode of pure goodness, but he's acting in the mode of good, pure goodness, and going out and doing, uh, performing activities then for the satisfaction of his spiritual master, or for the satisfaction of the Supreme Lord, or both, then he's, he's even if he doesn't get the results, then he doesn't become remorseful and say, uh, I'm just no good at this, I'm going to give it up. I, I never was good at going out and talking with people. Forget this. I'll, I'll stay at home and I'll, I'll read and chant bhajans and, and I, I'll, I'll Im, improve my spiritual life that way in the, in the, in the, uh, the, uh, comfort and in the, in the, uh, security of my own surroundings. Uh, but a person like, like Prabhupada, uh, he says, all right, I, I, I can be comfortable even though I'm having to live very simply at Radhadamadar Temple in Vrindavan. Uh, I can continue living that way and be perfectly satisfied because I am self-satisfied, Atmarama. And, and yet, uh, he had so much compassion uh, for the fallen souls in the West, especially in the West. And and he wanted so much to carry out the instructions, the request of his guru Maharaj, that he uh, he uh, he just accepted then all the difficulties that came with going to a brand new part of the world, leaving the holy dom, and going out and trying to reclaim just one or two fallen souls. In the, in the Western worlds, as his spiritual master asked him to do. He was willing to do that. This was not the mode of passion. This was not the mode of ignorance, even though for some it might seem that he put himself, and put himself directly into the pit of ignorance when he came to the West. And it was having to deal with a lot of young people who were strung out on drugs and who had no knowledge about spiritual life. He was he was willing to do that, and 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 as a result, uh, a year went by, and practically nothing to show for it, and then things began to increase. But still, Prabhupada did not return to the safety of his room at Radhadamadar. He continued on, and and it took these young people under his wing, so to speak, like a mother hen. And gave them gave them protection, and most importantly, perhaps gave them knowledge, and even more importantly, showed them that it is possible to develop a loving relationship with a supreme person who you can't see, you don't even know for sure that he exists, and yet I'm telling you he does exist, and I'm telling you it is possible to have a loving relationship with him, and if you just watch me, you stay with me, then you will see in my life. Uh, the kind of example that you can set yourself for someone else. And so he took all that on and showed us then that it is possible to be very enthusiastic to do that which is your duty, to perform your duty, just like uh, Arjun came to the conclusion on the battlefield. It, it is possible for me to perform this duty, and because my friend Krishna is here, giving me encouragement and giving me guidance and is driving my chariot, taking a lower position to be the, my chariot driver, because he's willing to do that, I should also be willing to follow his request and do what he wants me to do. And so if we can take that attitude, Rasaraj, that our spiritual master is going out throughout the world, putting himself into difficult situations and and experiencing you know uh, you know failure of the body as I you know heard that Indradumna Swami had some melanoma that he had to have removed from his body, and and still he continues on, <clears throat> and Radhanath Swami is he's going all over he's inspiring so many people, even people in higher political places who are steeped in ignorance and passion, and yet he's going to them and he's trying to deliver them. So that they can also be happy, that's, and that's and that's what he wants. That's that's what the spiritual master wants. He wants us to be happy. 
And the only way he, we go, we're going to be happy then is to do that which the Supreme Personality of Godhead is asking us to do. And that is, that is to do something, to perform some activity for him, to try to worship him in some way. Manmana bhava mabhaktu. Do something for me. You know, offer, offer your respect. And so if we can do that, then the spiritual master becomes very pleased. Anything else? Any other comments? May I? <laughs> Anything else? Uh, thank you. Uh, so, uh, so duties, prescribed duties are always one performing, or is, is a person who performs his prescribed duty, is he always in the mode of goodness? That's the goal. That's the goal. Doesn't mean that he starts out that way. Um, let me ask you another question. <laughs> May I? Um, if anybody needs to go and uh, take breakfast or do something else, please, please feel free to do so. I'm just, I'm just going to keep asking till the time everyone's so hungry that they'll curse me. <laughs> um, so this whole thing about restaurants and things like that, right? I mean, going out and associating and um, nightclubs that you mentioned. Um, so the reason that is, well, the excuse I want to say is given that, hey, I love chanting the holy names of the Lord. So every single day I'm sitting in Kirtan and performing Kirtan for hours and end. And just uh, because maybe it can, you can say that it is, well, I'm not that, um, advanced that I can purely live off of prasadam um, or I can purely live off of the association of those that are in the mode of goodness. Um, you know, I have to go, you know, I'm spending a little bit of time maybe once a week going to a restaurant or something like that, a couple of times a week or whatever that might be. Um, so how, what do you say to, uh, to a mind who's thinking in that direction? That uh, I'm I'm chanting, and I, I have a taste for kirtan. So then, what do you say? I deserve a break from my devotional life. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I'm ready for a vacation. I'm ready to have just a little sense enjoyment. Um, people do that, and uh, and we can we can follow their example. Or we can look and see what our spiritual master does. Does he go to restaurants? Does he go to clubs? But but Rupa Nugadas, he's he's a sannyasi. He's not a householder like I am. He doesn't have to go out and work seven days, six days, five days a week like I do. I gotta have a break. And that that choice is there. Krishna, as a matter of fact, this whole material world that Krishna has designed is for giving us a choice of what kind of sense gratification we want to have. And he's, and he's giving us the opportunity. There's nothing to stop us. Assuming that we're not breaking any laws, you know, any civil laws. Uh, there's nothing to stop us. We can, we can go out and we can have all kinds of, we take, use as much intoxication as we can get our hands on. And the more money we make, the more intoxications we can have. And the more illicit connection with, with, uh, uh, other, of the other sex, or the same sex nowadays, uh, the more of that we can have, if, if that's what we want. So, yeah, the Rasaraj, you're right. There's, there's nothing to keep us from, uh, justifying. And in the early days, you know, we saw a lot of that, a lot more of that than we're seeing today in our temple community. We used to see, but then devotees were coming in from all over the world. They were coming in from different kinds of backgrounds and, 
and they were trying to be renounced and they were having some success and but sometimes you know they just feel like well I've just got to go out to the Sparrow Diner and get something nice to eat or got to go to this pizza place I don't want to make it myself I don't have to sit around and do all that so they just go and and there's nothing to stop them they can do it as a matter of fact, they're probably not going to see many devotees out there. They may see a few, <laughs> but they're not going to see somebody to remind them that uh, of what their original position is in life, you know, as a servant of the Supreme Lord. But Krishna, if a person has some sincerity, then Krishna is going to somehow, he might give them a little bit, you know, like if you're fishing, you give line to the fish, let him run. You know, if you're out in the ocean fishing, you've got these big reels and you got a line and, and the idea is to let the fish just wear himself out and then when he does, then you can reel him in without so much trouble and put him in your boat. And so Krishna, I think, does that sometimes with devotees. He says, all right, if you're intent on enjoying my material nature, um, even though you've been told repeatedly that it leads to suffering. Even though you've been told it, even you, you want to, want to do that, okay, it's here. You can do it. I'm, I'm providing all the facility for you. But understand that, you know, at the end of these activities, you're going to suffer. Even during the activities, you're going to suffer some. You know, you might think this is very pleasurable. And so when devotees first come, to the temple or first get into the association of other devotees, then uh, sometimes, the, you know, those habits, they don't fall away so easily. And so they might want to go out and, and get something tasty to eat that someone else has prepared, even though they know that if it's not prepared for and offered to the Supreme Person out of Godhead, then it's eating only sin, jagyashishta. It, it, in other words, it is not jagyashishta. It is not food that has been offered first in sacrifice. So there, there's so many activities that we as devotees have available to us, especially, you know, if we have a little money, uh, there's, it's, it's very easy then to find activities to spend that money on. And Krishna makes it, makes it all available to us. He says, here's the money, here's the pleasure, go to it. If that's what you want to do, go to it. I've got time. I can wait a few more lifetimes for you to come back. You've been in this world cycling now for uh, how many millions of lifetimes and and 8,400,000 different species of life. You finally made it back to one of the 400,000 species of human life. All right, you you want to continue enjoying I have brought you into contact with a person who can bring you back to my kingdom so you can enjoy forever. But if you choose to follow somebody else's lead or follow somebody else's example, uh, that's okay. I'll wait. I can wait for you. I've got lots of time. I am time, he would say. So anyhow, uh, we have compassion. As devotees, we have compassion for other people, and we don't like to see them suffer, especially when they've taken to Krishna consciousness, and they're continuing to do the things that cause them to, you know, to have a rotten time with life, and then their bodies begin to fail them, and they don't have their beauty or their handsomeness to attract other people as they once had. They don't have the facility. You know, they just can't. Their body won't cooperate. It's 60, 70 years old now. It just won't cooperate as it did when they they were 20. (laughs) And so we spend a goodly portion of our lives, you know, as young people just burning it down, man. I've got energy to burn. And so you burn it down. And by the time you hit 30 or 40, you start having problems. The body does. By the time you hit 50, that's, then it can get really serious. So it's just a, just a question then of, of how a, a person wants to, to spend his life, to spend all that energy. And young persons are usually not so smart. <laughs> and, and so they will, they will burn that energy up just as quick as they can, just like a person that's got 
cash for the first time in his life. He's got $1,000 in his pocket, and he wants to just spend it. And so Krishna makes all arrangements for that to happen. All right, let us stop for now, because I, I, I have a very strong attachment to Prashadam, and I suspect that there's something going on in the kitchen back there. So I want to thank everyone who has come in and joined us today. And I'm looking at you in, in the uh, in the video uh, in the um, camera now. I want I want to thank you for spending some time to be with us here in Vatakalachanjidam in Dallas, Texas. And uh, we appreciate the fact that you've chosen to spend part of your day doing something that is beneficial for your spiritual life. So to all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord, we offer our obeisances because they're just like desire trees. They fulfill the desires of everyone, and they're full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Shil Prabhupada ki jai, Shivat Bhagavatam ki jai, Shishivatha Kalachandiram ki jai, Gora Pramanan, Haribo. Everybody, have a good time today.